It's Father's Day weekend, and my guest is Juan Punchy Gonzalez from Cosmic Punch, and we're talking Nerd Rock and his brand new album. Check it out. It's the Club of Nerd Dads right now on Mike Seibert Radio. This humble story isn't old. Not for the meat, but for the bold. Good parenting is not a silly waste of time. Outside of school and music class, a good escape must come to pass. You say it's nonsense for geeks, but I turned out fine. I grew up on Star Wars, I grew up on anime, much like the kids are doing today. I will train my apprentice and does it make me bad.
Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and guess what? It's Father's Day weekend, and uh, we thought it would be fun to commemorate that. I have uh, my guest this week is Juan Punchy Gonzalez. We're going to talk about his band, Cosmic Punch, and the new album, The Club of Nerd Dads. You know, we've talked a lot on this uh, podcast before about nerd rock and nerd music and dad music, but I don't know if we've we've combined the two and you know i i'm really excited about uh learning about uh fandom uh from a point of view that's a little different than mine you know i i'm basically you know rocking that uh that man child uh, <laughs> aesthetic and lifestyle and um i i thought it would be cool to uh chat with an actual dad that's part of nerdum and geekdom and fandom and all of that and kind of get his perspective and how that influenced is his very cool style of nerd rock. So without any further ado, uh, Punchy, uh, welcome to Mike Seibert Radio. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thank you, sir, and thank you for having me on. All right, so the uh, the new album, uh, Club of Nerd Dads, uh, looks like it just dropped uh, back in May, and uh, so just uh, just over uh, what month month and a half at this point. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the album and let's talk about Cosmic Bunch. Let's start with that. Okay, well, uh, it dropped on May the fourth because Disney dropped the ball uh, releasing anything Star Wars related on May the fourth. So I figured, you know, if Disney's going to drop the ball on that, kind of like how in many people's eyes they dropped the ball on the last three Star Wars movies, barring of course Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian. Sure. Um, I figured, why not? Why not release the album on May the fourth, and and hopefully, you know, that would be kind of a fun way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I, I'm, I, I say that in jest. I actually liked the most recent Star Wars movies. I know that people will probably hate me for that, but oh well. Exactly. Tough. Yep. You know, grow up. You know what I mean? I even I, there's a song on the new uh, Cosmic Punch record called Keyboard Warriors, which kind of brings on the subject of these people that are uh, Disney haters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, man, you know, you should just be happy. Somebody's making the stuff still. OK, because Lucas had retired the product. You know what I mean? And he wasn't going to make any more Star Wars. So at least the mouse is making it. So shut up. You know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> um, getting on the record. Um, the the Cosmic Punch is three albums in. The first two records were done. Uh, I had a writing partner uh, uh, named Mike uh, uh, Ryan Mikulski, and and Ryan decided that he wanted to back out of the project about a year ago, and so I was like, okay, well that's fine, but you know we spent a lot of time. Namely, well, I spent a lot of time building the brand, so I figured it's time to just do it myself. So, so, um, and since I can play all the instruments, I might as well just make this a a real solo project. So there is no band; it's me, right? I'm the oh, band okay. of one. So all the drums, all the keyboards, all the guitars, all the vocals—it's just me. I'm doing all of it. That's that's really cool because, like, uh, you know, I I've been digging on the album uh, uh, for uh, for the last bit now, and I I like how. Um, intricate 
and detailed the music is. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's just this one dude. But, I mean, you've got, you know, very elaborate synths. you got uh, some great grum- drum tracks um, and, of course, uh, uh, tons of guitar as well. It sounds, you know, fully produced and, and a very full band. And that's, uh, you know, some of the stuff we'll touch on a little later when we kind of get into origin stories because, uh, you know, leading up to this, uh, you, you shared some of your previous experience with me and I just kept kind of scrolling over and I was like, oh my gosh, this uh, <laughs> this dude is quite prolific and has quite uh, the history in the scene. So uh, no wonder it sounds so polished and so pro, but I, I was really impressed uh with uh with just the production value on on its face but then you know listening to the lyrics you know it's it is it, it's perfect nerd rock like you know it the uh, it, the album starts off with king of the monsters it's a it's a godzilla ode all kinds of cool references in there both in the lyrics and in the uh in the music itself in the riffs and i i i knew once i settled into that that i was uh i i was in for uh for an exciting journey so uh Congratulations on the album. It, it, it sounds great. Thanks. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those labors of love with me. I, uh, I, you know, a lot of the record production that I'd done in the past, a lot of death metal stuff, and I and I love death metal and stuff. Uh, that's, the, but but obviously this kind of music isn't that. So I, I dig into the things that influenced me as a as a record producer engineer, and I love music from the 80s and music from the 70s and music from the 60s and the techniques that they use to get the sounds that they use like a slight distortion on the vocals so to, to give it that sound of tape saturation so you'll hear that you know kind of like when you listen to like old Frankie Valley records and that kind of thing and there's that distortion on on Frankie Valley's voice because he was just hitting the tape so hard and they were bouncing to tracks because they only were recording on four track machines and mm-hmm. and and things were like over over modulating and so i wanted to get some of that because you know obviously everything's done digitally these days nobody's tracking on tape anymore unless you're mr rich guy so 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 i tried to get some of those techniques back in artificially to give this sound of this record as if you're listening to your favorite cassette in your in your 89 celica with no with no air conditioning and the windows <laughs> down you know that kind of thing yep. you know <laughs> yeah, with, with, with the hole in the floorboards and you know make sure you don't drop your tapes through it yeah i've been there <laughs> yeah and the whole thing where you had to like stick your finger in the tape machine because it was playing the other side backwards and it was this high-pitched whistle you know what i mean and you would have to stick your finger in the tape machine to hold the tape down or you would shove like a pencil in there and you know yeah all, all the old tricks back in the day when when you know the struggles that no modern uh teenager ever has to deal with you know those struggles <laughs> exactly. so you know <laughs> that's, that's- having to wind a cassette with a pencil you know, right, kind of- <laughs> they they just know it from dank memes now. It's like you yeah, know, they'll, exactly. they'll know the know the meme, but not necessarily the struggle or the context. Uh, so before we uh, uh, get further into the album, because there there's some of the individual tracks I want to talk about, and I'm sure yeah. there's some great stories that that uh, that go with that. Um, let's uh, let's uh, strip it down a little bit, go even further back, and uh, so the the name of the band uh, or solo project as it is now is cosmic punch uh what's uh what's the origin of that or what what kind of inspired you to go uh that direction and maybe by extension of that where uh uh where you get your nickname okay um we'll start with the nickname 
the the back in the early 90s when I started my touring career I used to have really long hair and in the early 90s it was unbelievably fashionable to take your long hair and and tie it up to the top of your head kind of, you know like like where most people go bald and and then you would shave the sides of your head like a samurai right that was like a fashion in the early 90s and of course you know because my name being Juan Gonzalez, obviously I'm very Japanese. So, so I would do this with my hair, <laughs> and 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 uh, so uh, in order to do that, though, you would actually have to take your hair and put it on top of your head, so that you could take the the big razor to the sides of your head. And someone said, "Oh, wow, you look like the mascot to Hawaiian Punch," okay. and there that's where I got punchy from, okay. right? So there you go, right? Now the origin of the band name was was again like I remember I said I had a writing a writing partner for the first two records a guy named Ryan Mikulski and I gave him the nickname Cosmonaut years ago when he was just a studio client mm. and and uh, so when we were trying to come up with the band name I was like well let's combine our two nicknames together and and it can still have this kind of like nerdy kind of thing so that's where cosmic punch was born and it turns out that there's such a thing as a i didn't know there was such a thing as a cosmic punch and apparently it's some kind of martial arts move where where you it's one punch one knockout kind of thing wow so i didn't real i didn't realize that when we came up with the name but it turns out that yeah that's a it's a martial arts move of some kind and and uh so it turned out to just be kind of a cool name nobody was using it uh anytime i've done a musical project the first thing i wind i do is i put the the music into a search engine and look and see if someone's claimed the domain and if no one's claimed the domain, then generally speaking, probably nobody's using it for a musical band or for a musical project, a mm-hmm. band name. So you know that's your step one, yeah. and and then step two nowadays is to go to Spotify and see if yeah. someone's using a band name. Um, so so you know like the, it just worked out, and and the the initial project was born in two thousand eight, and then we put it to bed and I continued on with my studio career. I continued touring, uh, and, and as a sound engineer. And, uh, then later on down the road, we wound up getting this old demo that we put together signed to a, a now defunct label. And so we decided to resurrect cosmic punch and, and, and release the first record FM stereo mm-hmm. in 2014. Oh. And and then we did the second record, Auto Reverse, in 2018. And, and, you know, just keep in mind that the four years in between, I was pretty much gone nine, ten months a year, uh, you know, as on tour. So it was hard yeah, to yeah. – it's hard to work a project when you're never home, you know. So, so uh, uh, obviously there was that four-year gap. And then the reason why there was a two-year gap between 18 and and this record is obviously with with ryan leaving the project uh and i released another project in between there called the synth lord uh which is like early 80s synth pop kind of stuff um so that was my project that i released in 2019 and then i released this one in 2020 and what i plan on doing is leapfrogging the two projects so every six months you're either going to get 
a new cosmic punch record or you're going to get a synth lord record and and so i i'm just leapfrogging the two projects so right now i'm 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 making a music video for the second music video for the Synth Lord. Uh, I'm making that right now. It's all CGI stuff that I make, and then and then after that video gets released, then I'll work on a second Cosmic Punch video. Once that video is done, then I'll wrap up the synth the second Synth Lord record and put a video out for that. I'm hoping to have that ready in, the second Synth Lord record hopefully by October. Oh wow! Very cool. Very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I just keep going. And keep going. It's this weird. It's this weird concept because I'm no longer touring anymore, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm 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 now. Uh, I have a I have like a normal stu- uh, house engineer job at a theater in Clearwater, and because I became a dad four years ago, and I didn't want to be a Skype dad, and yeah. a Skype dad is 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 uh, is somebody that's touring, and they only see their kid on Skype. I didn't want to be that. Yeah. So I was offered a job at a theater in Clearwater, which allowed me to stay home and raise my son, my first child. And and now <laughs> I got a second one coming out, coming to a theater near you <laughs> uh, in 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 July eighth. July eighth, my second son oh will be gosh. born. Yeah, it's right around the corner. It's like just uh, around the corner. Oh my gosh! Congratulations. That's thank amazing. you very much. Thank you very much. So, so I have, I now have the air and the spare. So there you go. <laughs> very cool. Well, um, let me see. So you know, I, I neglected to ask at the top, uh, where uh, where are you actually located? Where uh, where are we talking from? I I am in Tampa, Florida, the original West Coast. Gotcha. So 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 you post manifest destiny people over there on the, on the west coast of the United States we're I'm the original west coast here on the east coast on the on the in the eastern time zone you pacific people you know and you're 3 hours behind and all that stuff right going on <laughs> i love it i love it so let's uh so let's get back in and uh, and talk about your music a bit because like you know i i refer to it as as nerd rock and i kind of use yes. that as a pejorative uh for uh for a lot of nerd music but um but how would you describe uh cosmic punch uh nerd rock it's straight up uh, this particular this record versus the previous two. The previous two records had like a couple of songs that dealt with nerd fandom. Like in Auto Reverse, we have a song called Play a Game, which is about retro gaming. We have a song called Fanboy, which is uh, about a guy that trolls the 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 conventions looking for chicks and 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 so on and so forth. So uh, this record though is straight up. Every song deals with fandom, and that's how this—that's how Cosmic Punch is going to progress from now on. I'm no longer going to be doing nonsensical rock and roll love song, typical nonsense stuff. This is going to be nerd-based nonsense stuff. You know what I mean? If yeah, you're going to yeah. do nonsense, you're going to be straight up with it, and 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 so that's what this is. This is going to be from now on. All Cosmic Punch releases will be about fandom. So if there's people out there that want me to write a song about a particular type of fandom, I'm not going to do a hentai song, so forget that. But I mean, if 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 there's you know, like if somebody says, oh, I want you to do something about you know, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm, I'm blanking now, Battlestar Galactica yeah, or something yeah. like that. 
I'll write a Battlestar Galactica song for you. You know, like like I'll do it. And 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 because everybody needs an anthem. Everybody should have an anthem. I think that and so this record is an a, a record of anthems for different types of geeks, nerds, which which rule the world. Nerds rule the world. You could take every sports celebrity, you could take every supermodel, you could take every newscaster, you can take every movie star and remove them from the planet and the planet will not stop moving. You remove every nerd from the planet and you're going to have problems, big problems. Damn. And that's the reality. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's um, let's kind of talk about um, a, a couple things. I, I guess in one hand, I, I want to talk about influences and what really kind of influences uh, more. Uh, not just your music, but this style of music, and and again, kind of how you landed here on straightforward nerd rock as kind of like an evolution of some of the other stuff that uh, that you've done previously. Because yeah, it's you know going over some of the stuff you've done, you know, like like you said, you know, it's predominantly death metal and a lot of uh, uh, heavier stuff. Um, yeah, it's I, I'm very interested to kind of hear the evolution of uh, how we get to Cosmic Punch. Okay, well. How I got to nerd rock? Well, I'm a geek. I'm a straight up geek nerd. I I lived. I grew up like a, like it says in the lyrics of the Club of Nerd Dads. I grew up on Star Wars. I grew up on anime. You know, I I, I ever since I was a kid, I love anything that had to anything to do with space, robots, things blowing up, the end of the world. You know, the typical uh, subject matter of most science fiction. You know, Star Trek, you, you won't have a Star Trek unless the world is annihilated by atomic weaponry. And I grew up in the Cold War. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 you know it's, 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 it all kind of ties together, you know. Uh, so I loved uh, the escapism of science fiction uh, fantasy. I loved all of that. You know, just because you have a job. You know, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate the, the art form of death metal and the heavy metal music. And I grew up listening to Dio and Metallica and all, all, these, all these bands as well. Uh, I love that stuff too. Um, it, 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 I worked there. You know, it wasn't necessarily my oh, thing. Yeah. I worked there. I understand. You know, and, and, and I, I appreciate the art form, but it, heavy metal music, and I love listening to it. Uh, it's. I just never wanted to be a heavy metal artist. I never wanted to do that. I. The closest I got was uh, my industrial band in in the in the late '90s, early 2000s called Diet of Worms. Right. That was the closest I got to playing metal. And then of course I did Lover of Sin, which was an, another project that I did with some of the members of Christian Death. Um, and that was, I guess that would be considered goth metal or whatever, but I never wanted to be like, you know, that, that guy, you know, playing metal music. Mm -hmm. So I want, I always like rock and roll. I always loved synth pop. That was the music that I really enjoyed. But of course to get into synthesizer music in the eighties, you had to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy these unbelievably expensive synthesizers. And you know, nowadays with technology and virtual instrumentation, uh, you know, you can own that Synclavier that would have set you back a quarter million dollars in the early 80s of early 80s money. OK, mm -hmm. quarter million dollars. You can own that same quarter million dollar Synclavier for, you know, 50, 60 bucks uh, for the virtual instrument. And, and for the three or four sounds you're going to want to use for your record, that's it's worth it. You know, it's uh, supposed yeah. to having this unbelievably expensive piece of hardware to this day. You can't even touch an even a used Sinclair for less than 20 grand. 
in in good condition. So imagine, you know, twenty thousand dollars to to have this giant piece of hardware in your studio. So uh, I'm able now because of the technology to make the music that I've always wanted to make growing up. And and so why not? Why not make it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why why not be that guy? I can do it. And it's like it's 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 funny because you know you have you have this kind of this this mentality when you, you know I'm a middle aged guy I'm not a spring chicken you know so uh, if I'm doing stuff if I grew up in the 80s and 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 I was already professional in the 90s I'm not a spring chicken so <laughs> easy easy math there for anybody that's following um, I'm a middle aged guy you know so so most middle aged guys they have in they have in their garage they got like they got like woodworking material or whatever right and they make like little bird houses and 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 that's that's their hobby right yeah my hobby is i make music that's my hobby so every like now every six months i'm going to be putting out my birdhouse and i hope everybody likes my birdhouse <laughs> and 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 there it is and it's going to be a new record and 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 the day now you don't you don't need to have a record label to get distribution you can get distribution on your own and then spotify and apple and everybody else picks it up you know uh so everybody in the world has the ability to listen mm-hmm. you know and and i understand that i'm not gonna make money off of this that's fine i got a job right i have a job yep okay this is my work this is my art this is what i like to do hey, hey listen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny people the opportunity to give me money give it to me if you want to you know, go watch my video on YouTube. I'm happy. Please, I, I would love it. I just want I, all I want to do in this day and age where everybody is all Mr. Negative and Mr. Mad and Mr. Angry or Miss Mad. I don't want to. I don't want to be gender specific, but you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. Angry people, all these angry people. Okay, and there's plenty of reason to be angry, but you know what? There's also plenty of reason to be a happy guy or happy person. Right. Yeah, yeah. So all I want to do is make music that allows people to escape and be happy just for at least 38 minutes. Right. Yeah. Come on. And that's it. That's all I'm really interested in is spreading a little smile, spreading a little happiness. And if, if people don't like it, well, they can go frig themselves. <laughs> there you go. There's my my diatribe. There you go. My soapbox moment. There well, that's, you go. that's awesome. I, I love it. And I, I really appreciate that. And one, one of the things that, that really struck me and caught my attention about uh, seeing the video uh, for the Club of Nerd Dads is that, you know, I... You know, being like, you know, kind of in that that uh, similar age bracket, you know, where anybody that listens to me know I talk about Transformers all the time and, you know, yeah. I, I and, you know, Star Wars and, you know, G.I. Joe and all, all of all of those uh, nostalgia properties. And um, but I, I come at it from, uh, you know, I, I don't have kids. You know, it's just me and my yeah. wife and our two uh, high maintenance yet adorable cats. Um, so, you know, I've still got like, you know, all all the collectibles and all all of the other stuff but i haven't had the same experience of like experiencing fandom as a dad and is like you know passing that on to like the next generation the, you know i've got a couple nieces and nephews and and they're fine and they're cool and and all of that other stuff but the but the thing that i really enjoyed about a uh, club of nerd dads is it's just like oh 
you can enjoy stuff even more <laughs> when uh, when you're enjoying it with your kids. And and it, as silly as that might sound, that that's kind of like a wholly new experience uh, for me. And I just I found it um, increasingly positive at a time where yeah, I mean we're we're current residents of the darkest timeline, and any bit of levity that we can find in some positivity um, is always very much appreciative. So so I'm uh, uh, very excited. Um, uh, when uh, when I came across that video and then dug uh, further into the album, um, so where where I'd like to go with that is um, you know uh, let's talk about you know the the club of nerd dads and kind of you know what uh, what inspired that and maybe kind of talk about you know being a a nerd dad and uh, and passing along uh, those fandoms. Well, I can tell you this. When my when Leon, my first son, was was you know in the womb and and we were we were nesting, my wife and I, I said this kid is gonna have the Star Wars room that I didn't have, right? So <laughs> I went. There's this there's this artist named Suneo Sanda, uh, he's a Japanese artist that does all this uh, Star Wars uh, original art, and uh, he licensed this mural thing that encompasses the first six episodes of star wars to walmart and they made wallpaper that you can buy right so the wallpaper fits exactly perfectly on one of the walls of my son's room so i painted his room the gray color that you find inside of star destroyers Uh i actually found the color and matched it to a paint sample so his room is star destroyer gray and then i put this mural up and then I decorated his room with all of these Star Wars autographs that I got when I took him to his first um, Star Wars fe- uh, Star Wars convention. Uh, you know the the big one that they do uh, every other year. Oh, uh, and, ce- celebration! And it was in Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So so I took him to that when he was like six months old and I got him. Pi- I, there's a picture of him with the emperor and Darth Maul, you know, at six months old. And and I've got all these autographs and they're all autographed. So his room is completely 100 percent decorated Star Wars. His closet door is a cardboard cutout of Han Solo and Carbonite. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 nerdville, you know, it's the best. All of his stuffed animals are Star Wars stuffed animals. This kid will friggin' like Star Wars. Damn it! You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it's like being a nerd dad. You want you just like sports dads. They 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 enforce the idea of loving football or baseball. You know that kind of thing. I'm enforcing the idea that my kid will 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 like Star Wars, and he does. I mean, he hasn't watched any of the movies yet because you know he is he just turned four this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wait until he's five. I was five when I saw Star Wars in the theaters in 77, right? There you go. I've dated myself. So so I was five. So when he turns five, he'll watch Star Wars for the first time. He'll already know all the characters because as you see at the beginning of the music video, he already knows all the characters. Yeah. But, but he'll get to experience it. You know, and 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 see it because hopefully, you know, in a, in a year he'll be more sentient. It's like it is like with all kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I want to, you know, give, I want to give him my love of the fandom. You know, I, I want him to experience that because there is a wonderful thing about the escapism that science fiction, um, 
and and nerd stuff too because I'm also I love video games and all that stuff. I'm uh, I'm I'm not much of like a, a console gamer. I'm a PC gamer. I'm a snob. Sure. So so you know <laughs> because I have all these awesome computers to do all the work that I do in the studio. Like you know to to do CGI work, you have to have these really amazing like video cards and all that. So my computer games are incredible looking, and 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 so so I'm a snob. So you know I I I want to move. I, I want my son to experience all the stuff that. And my two sons, now my second son that's being born, I want, I want the children to experience the happiness that I experience from fandom and what it brings. So, so yeah, I'm a nerd dad, and I'm not alone. Um, when, I, when I was making the video, I put a Facebook post out on various, like, forums there uh you know looking for nerd dads send me pictures of you and your kids and uh you know being a nerd dad and i i got dozens of of entries Mm -hmm. and i had to whittle them down to the ones that were obviously the best quality because it was going to be on video and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and 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 uh I, I put them all in the music video. I told them I'm gonna I'm gonna use your likeness in this music video. Do you mind? And I got permission, of course. And but all of the nerd dads that you see in the video, they're from all over the world, from Australia, Europe, across the United States, Japan. I mean, like everywhere. And and uh, it, I was very excited to see how many nerd dads wanted to to also show how much they love what they love, and you know, and hopefully bringing bringing that joy to their kids as well. So the the origin of the song to c- continue to rant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was writing all the music, uh, you know, I, normally how I songwrite is uh, I'll write the riffs first, right, against a drum beat, and, and I'll write the riffs. And and as I was writing this, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, um, there was a there was a bit that Chris Rock used to do back in the day, talking about how there's all these songs about mama this, mama that, mama this, mama that, but you know, what's the song that Dad gets? Papa was a Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. right? So there's no real songs about being a good dad. Right, that there, that doesn't really exist. I mean, I guess in the country world is a little bit more than that, but not necessarily in rock and roll. Right. So, I wanted to write a song that not only talked about good parenting, but doing good parenting and passing on a love of sci-fi and nerd stuff to your kids, and and that's where that came from. So we're nerd dads are in this kind of elite club. Because, you know, first off, you have to be cool enough to have somebody want to have sex with you to have a child. So that's already part of a cool club <laughs> when you're a nerd. Right? <laughs> and then secondly, you know, being <laughs> actually having children true, and, 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 and passing that love of sci-fi on. So it is an elite club. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> if you can be a nerd and, and, you know, still not have sex, you know, that exists, too, you know. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but if you're in that club, that elite club where you not only had that opportunity to have to be to be a dad, but that your wife or significant other uh, doesn't mind you being a nerd still, then then you're winning. Hashtag winning. Right. There it so, is. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that that's awesome, and that, and that that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? That that was one of the things that uh, you know we wanted to chat about. You know, since it 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 just it, I got owned this on Front Street. I uh, when we scheduled our interview, I was oblivious to it being Father's Day weekend. But now that we're here, I mean, it couldn't be any more perfect. So that's uh, you know talking about uh, being being uh, not just a good nerd dad, but being a being a good parent as well. And I. I think that's a uh, super super cool. Um, while uh, while we're chatting about the album uh, Club of Nerd Dads from Cosmic Punch, and again our uh, guest is Juan Punchy Gonzalez. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of the other tracks on there because I I like across the the ten tracks you cover a variety. Of uh, fandoms, I mean, it's like I, uh, you know, as soon as I got done listening to the uh, Godzilla song, because I, I had already heard Club of Nerd Dads, I jumped right to Mike Post because you know anybody <laughs> that grew up in the '80s, you know, Mike Post is, is like the the um, the fabric of your childhood. All you got here is anything from Mike Post, and you're immediately transported. Uh, but but again, like you know, across you've got all kinds of different stuff and different fandoms that you talk about. So I was wondering if you'd like to, you know, maybe share some of the stories behind some of the songs. Okay. I want to do a real quick Mike Post story. All right. So just yesterday I had this wild hair and I went online and I looked up Mike Post Productions. And it turns out that he has a recording studio in Burbank. Right. So I just made a phone call. And I called and I got I got the secretary and I said, all right, this is going to be the weirdest thing you've heard today. And she goes, OK, hit me. I'm ready. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a music artist and I wrote a song about Mike Post. And I don't want anything. OK, I'm not asking for anything. I just I just want to I just want him to hear it. That's all I want him to do. I want him to hear it because he's always been a hero of mine. The guy's an amazing composer. Forget about it, okay? Anybody that doesn't know Mike Post, number one, listen to my song because during the announcer solo, because you know there's like guitar solos and record and songs. Mm -hmm. In Mike Post, there's an announcer solo. So I put on my announcer voice and I begin to talk about all the stuff that Mike Post has written, you know? And so, (laughs) so. I wrote the song in tribute to him, and all I want is for him to hear it. So she, I, I, I directed her to find it on how to find it on YouTube, and I'm hoping that yesterday he actually heard it, and that I'll hear back from Mike Post. I would, lo- I mean, how often does someone write a song about you? Number one, right? And then number two, it's so positive and just talks about how awesome the guy is, mm-hmm. and 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 the guy's just an amazing composer and yeah he wrote the soundtrack of our television lives growing up if you're a middle-aged person you cannot run from a song that or a tv theme that mike post produced period okay forget about the fact that he also produced a lot of like rock and roll records too including like a van halen record but forget about that the guy produced and created some of the most iconic tv themes ever so anyway that's my mike post story and i haven't I, he hasn't called me back or has maybe he hated it what if he hated it oh my god what am i gonna do well i guess i won't know he won't call me back and tell me dude i hated it right i would think but anyway so there's that and then and then uh i love you and stuff that's that that song is like 
one of the like secret favorites of mine. It's a love duet. Yeah. And I found I found a singer in London named Lovely Hudson. Her name is Lovely, which how lovely. How lovely is that, isn't it? Right? All right. So so I found the singer Lovely Hudson in London and this is during the COVID time. All this whole record was recorded during the COVID quarantine, right? So I mean we're still in it, but you know, during the beginning stages of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all through the month of my of April. So I found her in London and I and she said yes, I'd love to do it and I sent her a stem track with me singing her part and then she sent me her vocal back all on the all on the internet. We were never in the same room together. And and other than like a few pleasantries that we expl- ex- exchanged online, I've never met her. I've never been in the same room with her. And she did a, a fantastic job. But I wanted to write this like kind of 80s power ballad love song about two nerds that only see each other at conventions. So that's what that song's about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, what's, the, what's the song after that? Um, song number five. I'm trying uh, to remember what Dyson, Dyson Paper. Dyson Paper. I love the that an- one. That, that one's the- a lot of fun. Yeah, the anthem for Dungeons and Dragons people that get together once a week, and in this particular instance, the game is going into infinity and it won't finish. So, so uh, it's that time where you where you have game night and it just won't end, and that's that's the the basis of that particular song. And and uh, I used to do some role playing game role play gaming like when I was younger, a lot of D and D. And for a while there, I was doing the Robotech role-playing game uh, in my late teens, and and that's that's really nerdy. When you're in your late teens and you're still doing, you know, a role-playing game, when you're supposed to be, you know, trying to, you know, whatever. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, uh, uh, I remember those twenty-sided dice and and yeah. and and how the game wouldn't just end because you just couldn't roll the right thing. And I, I figured, all right, this is a good, uh, this would be a great time to write a song like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Keyboard Warrior, the next song after that. Again, yeah. I, I talked about Keyboard Warrior. That's about the people that argue online about whether or not Disney ruined Star Wars. Uh, track number seven was, I think, Bring Back Firefly. Is that, that track number seven? That's correct. And I, uh, you know, it, it's it sounds funny because, like, every time we say, like, you know, we, we talk about a song, I'm like, oh, I really like that one. But I do. I, I really enjoyed these songs. And the thing that struck me about Bring Back Firefly is that it, to me, for my ear, it sounds like a straight up Dropkick Murphy song. It has that, you know, kind of like Irish jig vibe to it with like a punk rock edge to it. And I just I just thought it was really, really cool. Well, I uh, oddly enough, you said, you know, I work at a theater and we have four or five different groups that come through the theater. We're mostly a concert venue. So we have these cultic bands that come through all the time. And there's such energy. It's so much energy in that. And mm-hmm. I'm believe it or not, I'm one quarter Irish. So, so, so I figured, you know, let me tap in to some of those genetics and, and, um, so, so I wanted to write an Irish jig, if you will, uh, and talk about the fact that like people, even though it's been a decade, uh, they keep wanting to bring back Firefly yeah. and it's never going to happen. I'm sorry, you know, but uh, you know, at this point, you know, one of the cast members is dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, everybody else has moved on, has moved on. Good luck getting Moraine and Bacarin to do anything on television again. Uh, <laughs> you know, after right? she, <laughs> good luck. Uh, uh, but you know, you can still hope us, us brown coats can still hope that Firefly comes back in some sort of way. And so I wanted to write an anthem for it because every year all the Firefly people talk about, you know, it's an April Fool's joke. Oh, they're going to bring back Firefly. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But we, one can hope. 
you know, and why not do it to an Irish jig? There you, you go. Know? Very cool. <laughs> and uh, then the the next song would be Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Secret Wars, uh, uh, it's based on a miniseries that was a Marvel Comics miniseries where there was this character named Beyonder who took all the superheroes and all the supervillains from Marvel and took them to a separate planet somewhere on the other side of the galaxy to fight a war. A secret and the war. winner, yeah, <laughs> As it were. and the the okay. winner of that war would then go back to Earth and rule the world, yeah. right? Yep, good stuff. So that was that. Well, and and, and, the, just, and, and the thing about uh, Secret Wars is again that's one of those touchstones for for folks of a certain age because you know all you got to do is say like you know uh, amid the chaos there comes a costume and you know because I mean that that's the origin of Spider-Man's black costume that's and, right Venom and, yeah there would be no Venom if it wasn't for Secret Wars exactly. I don't think people understand that you know people that are like new Venom fans and and that kind of thing I don't think they'd understand that there was no Venom without Secret Wars period mm-hmm. so you, you 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 can't it's like it's it's like without Krypton there's no Superman you know there it so is. without yeah. without Secret Wars there's no Venom so there <laughs> You know, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, and then following that, Super Times, uh, Super Times is is basically just a nostalgia trip into you know watching superhero television shows back when I was growing up, before the age of CGI and 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 before the age of of HGH. Uh, <laughs> 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 when when you had like kind of dumpy fat guys and in, in in leotards being Batman and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, and and you were just happy to see it. It was a Batman TV show, Kapow, and all that kind of stuff, and and that was fun. And and why wasn't it? Uh, of course, it's fun because it, at the end of the day, it's it's supposed to be campy. Mm-hmm. And who didn't love Wonder Woman from the seventies? Come oh, on, man! Come I mean, on. Linda Carter, get out of here! Yeah, Linda Carter, forget about it, forget about it. You know, the standard—that's yeah. the standard of what a Wonder Woman's supposed to look like. Absolutely. You know, nothing against Gal Gadot. I think she's doing a great job, but. Linda Carter, forget about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then the last song, "Teenage Rage." Okay, teen, uh, getting back to the fact that I listened to metal as a kid. Yeah, that was the whole point of that song. The 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 you know, there's a okay. First off, every Cosmic Punch record has a, a certain formula to it, and that is the last song on the record is a slow grooving rock song. So the first two records have a slow grooving rock song at the end. So this record had to have a slow grooving rock song at the end. It's just kind of like the way I always look at like the 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 end credits to a movie is always that kind of slow grooving song that as you're leaving the theater you're like yeah man that movie was cool yeah. you know what I mean so so I had to put a slow grooving rock song at the end of uh, the record. And Teenage Rage is basically about being that teenage kid, listening to heavy metal music, hanging out with the kids that smoke during lunch, uh, uh, cranking tapes in your car, you know, and, and, and that was it. And, I, and there's a special guest on that record, on that song. Uh, Michael Romeo from Symphony X plays the guitar solo on that song. Oh, that's so, bad. yep, I, <laughs> so cool. I, I was – I was on the phone with him. We were talking about Mandalorian, uh, and because he's a Star Wars nerd too, yeah. and and uh, so I was talking to him about Mandalorian and the last Star Wars movie, and I was like, you know, dude, I'm making this record. You know, do you mind doing uh, doing a, a solo on it? He's like, dude, send me the track. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And and uh, ter- he turned it around in a couple of days, and and uh, that particular solo, um, if you're listening to it in headphones. 
he actually double tracked that solo so he played it perfectly twice wow and so i panned them out so that like you know one is in one ear and one is in the other ear mm-hmm. and you can't hear you don't you can't tell if you're just listening to it like you know like like um, you know like on a computer speakers or if you're listening to it on a mono source like a telephone you can't tell but when you listen to it in phones like you'll hear that it's actually two solos that are perfectly played together He's that ripping of a player. It's ridiculous. And he probably did it in his sleep. He was probably like, you know, watching TV. The guy is so good, it's stupid. Oh right? So so but yeah, like but anyway, so that, yeah, it's Michael Romeo from Symphony X playing that. And and that pretty much that covers the whole record, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This ten songs. And, and that and that's amazing. I mean, I mean, like spoken like a true producer, you know, just in terms of like, you know, throwing in uh, you know, some stereo panning and adding some some extra flavor that that folks might not, you know, necessarily be aware of because it is so interesting how we consume music now. It's like, you know, I I'm guilty of it myself. It's like I've got like a phone jack that I've got connected to my my car stereo. Um or like like I'll just straight up listen to stuff on uh, a computer or a phone, just like you you were uh, mentioning. And I think that that's one of the things that that's kind of getting lost a bit with how the the more modern contemporary ways we're we're consuming music. We're not you know throwing on some really nice headphones and just kind of you know sinking into it and let it wash over you. It's kind of sad. I love ear candy. I love it. It's not just a record by King's X. It's a thing. Okay, mm-hmm. ear candy is is when the the it's all about the stereo spectrum, so that you're sitting in the middle of sound. The sound becomes a picture that, if you close your eyes, you can see the sonics happening around your head. That's that's the essence to me of record making. That's the whole point. I mean, obviously, back in the days before there was stereo. You know, you had this mono mixing and that kind of thing. And then when stereo came a thing, they were really hardcore about it. Like they put all the drums on the left and like all the vocals on the right and that kind of thing because they really didn't understand how to make stereo records. Yeah. And 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 now, you know, it, it, obviously that that progressed throughout the, throughout history. But I miss the days when productions were all about immersing you in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. And those my favorite producers do that, you know, uh, Roy Thomas Baker, Mac. Those are those those are the guys that produced all the Queen records up until like 1987 or something like that. And and uh, so those those two guys were like they're the milestone producers for me. And so organic sounding, everything's you know it just sounds so lush and beautiful and 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 uh, you gotta love you gotta love it. You got to love it. Yeah. And and it's got to be that way for me. For me. I got you. Very cool. Well, it, it sounds like I need to do a revisit with uh with my nice headphones and, and oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's uh treasures and rewards uh waiting for me there. That's uh that's so cool. Now, the the I'm I'm personally not a musician. So it's like, you know, there there's I I understand certain elements of audio production but then some other stuff is just kind of beyond me where i'm going with that is you know with with your multiple uh instrumentation and you doing basically everything as a one-man band i'm still blown away by how elaborate the record is 
and that you're doing it all yourself. Um, I was wondering, uh, before we move on, if you could talk a little bit about just how that even comes together, you know, from from just like a music-making process standpoint. I, Like I said, it's something I couldn't even relate to, and I, I think folks would be kind of interested to hear some of the, the trials and tribulations that goes with uh, being a one-man band. Well, I mean, everybody makes records differently. With me, it always starts with... Uh, I'm a guitar player primarily, so uh, but I play drums too. So I'll lay down drum grooves, and and then alter the tempo, uh, playing a riff against it on the guitar until it feels comfortable. Like okay, that feels right, and and then once I establish whatever the tempo is going to be, uh, then I just kind of move along. And 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 there are certain formulas to songwriting. Uh, the familiar, familiar, familiar uh, formulas to songwriting. I mean, there's obviously guys that are very proggy and they go off in left field and they do all these time signature changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I remember I've been a four four guy. It's four beats on four, right? That's always been my thing. So, so um, you know, I have like my way of writing, and so it usually starts with drums and guitar. And and once I get the riffs done, then I'll I'll uh, usually start working out whatever the keyboard line is going to be, if there's keyboards at all. And then from there, uh, add vocals. Usually, one of the last things that I'll add is bass. And the reason for that is because the bass line, in order for a bass line to stand out. It has to dance around what the vocals are doing, and it has to dance around what the drums are doing. You, if, if not, it just gets lost in the background. And so I usually tend to do bass last, which is strange. Uh, but that's just how I write. So so I'll, in other words, after I'm done with my vocals, or at least my vocal ideas – Right. Then I'll say, okay, the bass line should be this because it's not going to conflict with the vocal. It's not going to conflict with the guitar and it's going to ride the drums the right way. So that's just my method of doing it. Uh, uh, Bands typically when they're recording, they'll kind of like lay down rhythm guitars and drums at the same time or at least scratch guitars and drums drums is a, is always the foundation yeah. that's the you know you got to have a you got to have a good foundation to build a house drums are always going to be your foundation so drum parts are very important to me as well uh, uh drum fills have to mean something musically it can't just be like daga 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 you know that kind of thing it's got to mean something musically so that's that's me so uh all the drums that you hear are actually played uh, uh, but they're played on an electric kit so that I could assign the drum sounds later. I can change the snare if I want to change or the tuning of the snare if I want to change the tuning of the snare. That's a luxury that didn't happen back in the early days of recording. When you when you recorded your drums, there you have it. Um, but I play the drums on an electric kit so that I can I can fix mistakes and I can fix uh, the tones and that kind of thing. So there's that luxury again. Yeah. It makes yeah. it easier to be a one man band. Very cool. The only thing the the things that are organic on the record uh, are obviously guitars and vocals. That's organic. So uh, everything else is, you know, drums are synthetic sounds. The keyboards are synthetic sounds. Uh, bass is real, guitar is real, vocals are real. 
Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing about that stuff, even even though I can't necessarily uh, relate to it myself. But it, that it's I don't know. I, I have a I have a bunch of my listeners that are also independent musicians. So I, I love kind of like kind of looking under the hood and just kind of seeing what uh, uh, what the process is. Um, so the uh, uh, the band is Cosmic Punch. The album is The Club of Nerd Dads. And we have been talking to Punch here. Um, and uh, as we get closer to closing out, um, I, I try to close things out with uh, what uh, my fans have affectionately uh, come to know as the job interview questions, which I didn't realize that's what they were when I started asking my guests these, but but here we are. Um, so it's a, it's a three-sided question. One, uh, first I want to ask you about your biggest challenges as a, as a band. Uh, two, what the ultimate direction for the band is, or, or in a case, uh, what what's the dream um and then uh finally to close that that part out uh what advice you would have for folks that want to uh, uh pursue their own creative interests so let's uh so let's wind all the way back around and let's uh let's talk about challenges uh some of the biggest challenges you faced and maybe how you've overcome some of them well right now the biggest challenge to anybody as a recording artist is the fact that Everybody with a computer is a freaking recording artist. So, so I mean, and it, thank God I'm not in hip hop. That's all I got to say because <laughs> every, right? you know, like everybody and their brother is a rapper or a DJ uh, or you know, may make beats and this kind of nonsense. Uh, and it's not nonsense, but you know what I mean. I know what uh, you mean. Uh, yeah, everybody and their brother is a rapper because, in all fairness, and, and hate me all you want, okay, talking is a lot easier than singing and playing an instrument. Now, does that mean that they have good rhyming skills? Yes, of course they have good rhyming skills. Do they have a, a good grasp of the English language to be able to do all the rhyming and all the all the rhythmic speaking? Yes, yes, and yes. However, all of those skills are needed to also sing, and you also have to be able to sing without using a plugin to make it sound like you're singing. Because yeah. like, for instance, you get guys like The Weeknd, right? Mm-hmm. The guy can really sing, but for some reason he filters his voice through an auto tuner. Why? Because that's what people are used to listening to these days. Mm-hmm. Go figure. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so the biggest challenge, of course, is overcoming the fact that you are one of millions of rats trying to eat a piece of pie. Uh, that's the biggest challenge. And then obviously a skill set. You got to have a skill set to try to stand out if you can. Amongst all the rats that are trying to get at the piece of pie. Gotcha. That uh, that makes a lot of sense. I uh, yeah that 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 struggle as uh, as our younger friends would say is real. <laughs> so I get that. Um, so let's uh, so let's move to uh, what what's the dream? You know whether it's with uh, Cosmic Punch or in general. I mean it's uh, you know a, as you've said you've kind of hit that that midpoint. You've had a prolific career doing all kinds of cool stuff that a lot of us uh, would be uh, envious of. But at this point. What's uh, what's the dream for Punchy? Well, uh, the immediate dream, obviously, is to you know, obviously, get more listeners. I would love for more people to dig on the music, share the music, uh, get it out there. Let's get some smiles going. Let's get some escapism going again. Uh, enough with all the nonsense. Enough with all the negativity. That's an immediate goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long term goal. Uh, if if I do happen to be able to grow an audience and and get an audience to the point where I can start doing live shows again, 
uh, you know, putting a band together and hopefully playing conventions. I would love to play the sci-fi convention circuit um, with this band. I think it would be perfect. I'd be, you know, how much fun would that be? You know, there's a band playing and and all they do is sing about the stuff that's actually being featured at this convention. That would be a, a, a midterm dream. And then once I get my, my legion of fans, then amassing an army and, and taking over the world. But that that's a long-term dream. That, of course, I would involve building a navy and an air force and all these things. And I, 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 I right now, I'm just hoping to get a, you know some more Spotify listeners. There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, Cobra tried it with you know Cold Slither. So you know, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's all. <laughs> Hang on, I got to do this. I got to do my Cobra Commander impression. Okay. I, oh, mighty Destro. All right, there you go. I love it. I love it. I'm just going to get the hell out of the way. That's perfect. But I was just going to say there's a model already there for it. I I just watched that episode the other night and it's it's awesome. I've been I've been really digging on like the old uh, Sunbow GI Joe episodes. I hadn't watched them for years, but now a, a bunch of them are up on YouTube and it's it's, That's what it's, I heard. it's been a lot of fun uh, to revisit those. Um so I and and uh, finally the uh, the last arm of that question is what advice you would have for folks that want to you know pursue their own artistic interests you know whether it be a band or or something else um advice for the kiddos uh the only advice that i could ever give to anybody is just do it okay one thing that is reality nothing happens on its own okay everybody that's successful uh in music or whatever in life they have a couple of things going on right Number one, they have a drive. Number two, they they have people that believe in them. Whether financially or not, doesn't matter. They have people that believe in them. So you have to, in order to make people believe in what you're doing, you have to believe in it yourself. Yeah. So 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 what if you suck? So what? Suck for a while. Get better. You know, uh, Dave Grohl said it. He said because the biggest problem with today is that nobody wants to get in the garage and suck. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to put together together a band and suck for a while. You have to do that. You know, you're not going to be just good. Nobody is just ever just good. You know, sure, there's people that are natural talents, whatever, blah, sure. blah, blah. Okay. Most people have to work at it. Uh, was it share one percent inspiration, ninety nine percent perspiration? I think she said that. Oh, I like that. I I I don't know if I've heard that one, but that that's really cool. Like one that's been rattling around in in my head uh, recently is uh you know uh folks talk about being lucky. You know, it's oh I was just lucky. You know, right right place, right time, that kind of thing. Um, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. I mean, sure, opportunity sure. opportunity is a lot of it, but you gotta have the skill and the preparation to be ready for when that opportunity comes and sometimes those opportunities don't come or sometimes they come too soon um or or they just come at the wrong time um but yeah it is it is one of those things where you know the uh um you know here in here in seattle we're uh you know we're, we're fans of the of the seattle seahawks go hawks and our and our quarterback russell wilson he's he's full of these these uh uh inspirational nuggets and he'll often say, you know, the separation is in the preparation. And I, I, I like grabbing onto that one also. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, practice and, and more importantly, suck. 
You know that I think I, I think failure is a is an excellent teacher, and I think a lot of us are afraid of failure, uh, sometimes needlessly. That is true, and uh, you know you 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 have to be you have to look. Nothing is ever going to be one hundred percent awesome. Okay, the most awesome people always wind up failing somehow. There's always something that makes their life difficult. And and uh, it's just about how you overcome it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about advice that you would have for folks that are looking to start their own bands or do their own uh, creative interests. But since it is Father's Day weekend here, you know, being a uh, dad yourself and soon to be a two time dad uh, coming up. What kind of advice do you have for uh, for all those dads out there, whether they be nerd dads or regular dads or any of the dads? Be there for them. Be there for them. Whatever it is that you think you missed because you you weren't a dad before, none of that matters. It's all about them now. A child is not a dog. It's not a pet. It's not something you can neglect for a few hours. Be there for them. That's all I can say. Perfect. Very well said. Um, so, uh, so as we get uh, uh, closer to closing out, could uh, uh, Punchy? Could you let folks know where folks can find your music? How we can find you on the internet, um, website, internet, any of that other stuff, and uh, as well as where folks can find you out on the internet. Okay, well, it's really easy. Cosmicpunch.com is the official website. From there, you can. there's links to everywhere the music is available. Um, uh, Spotify, you can just look up Cosmic Punch, and you'll find it. The, the, the three records are there. Um, uh, and then the other project is The Synth Lord. And you can find, uh, if you go to synthlord.net, S-Y-N-T-H-L-O-R-D.net, again, all the links are there. Social media, it's all there. So CosmicPunch.com, SynthLord.net. Yes, somebody had SynthLord.com, wow. and even the, but the the domain is parked, so I couldn't buy it. So whatever. The <laughs> point is, uh, uh, SynthLord.net, CosmicPunch.com. From there, you can find everything. And and I'm I'm asking people again, you know, share the music, share the smiles, have some fun, be positive, and you know, let's let's get on with our lives. Yeah. I love it. That's uh, that's awesome. So, uh, so Punchy, while I got you, do you got a couple more minutes for some uh, uh, random questions? Uh, sure. Cool. All right. Real quick. I uh, so I have my uh, uh, Poddex interview deck, and I've got a couple questions uh, lined up here. Um, uh, what is uh, what is your most unusual talent? <laughs> I know. Right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, my unusual talent. Yeah. Um. Uh, the ability to clear out a room with conversation. Oh, I like that. <laughs> even even virtually. <laughs> cool. Uh, would you rather give up all drinks except for water or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven? I, I think I would have to go with the drinks. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. And, oh, see, and these are all eating questions, I guess. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> Cobra. I ate, I ate Cobra from a street vendor in Jakarta, and you can see that video on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, uh, Punchiest, right? P-U-N-C-H-I-E-S-T. One of the videos is me eating Cobra in Jakarta. Interesting. I gotta go check that out. See, um, let's see. Okay, uh, last one, and then we'll then we'll close things out. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? 
and why or why not? Yes, because it has all the basic uh, concepts of a sandwich, bread and meat. There it is. I mean, hard to, and, hard, hard to dispute that one. <laughs> and the, the, according to the folklore, the Earl of Sandwich, uh, I guess that was his name, apparently he asked for a piece of meat in between two pieces of bread. So it's the essential concept. Makes sense to me. Sounds good. And again, those were uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, questions from the Poddex interview deck, uh, second edition. Uh, that is available along with all the other Poddex at poddex.com and use my promo code MSRP10 to save 10% off of your uh, first order there. Uh, Punchy, this has been a lot of fun. Um, great getting to know you. Love hearing the stories about the music. Uh, before, uh, before, we part ways for now um anyone in particular that uh that we haven't talked about uh that you want to acknowledge or give uh, special shout outs to um i just want to give special shout outs to the two guests on the record lovely hudson and uh michael romeo for for uh being part of it uh i do appreciate that Awesome. Very good. Uh, Juan Punchy Gonzalez, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on Mike Seibert Radio. Again, the band is Cosmic Punch. The album is The Club of Nerd Dads. You can get it everywhere. You can get the digital musics. And that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. And next week, Transformers fan artist Robo Apollo is my guest for a multi-episode interview. You won't want to miss that. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. And I'm Juan Punchy Gonzalez. And until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.